Hello, this is Nigdha from Newslaundry.com bringing you your daily dose of news. Today is Sunday, the 18th of October. India's COVID-19 tally is inching closer to the 75 lakh or 7.5 million mark. With the addition of close to 62,000 new coronavirus infections in the last 24 hours, the tally is just a few thousand short of reaching 75 lakhs. With over 1,000 new fatalities, the nationwide death toll now stands at over 1,14,000. This is the first time in two weeks that the daily death count has crossed the 1,000 mark. Nearly half of the new deaths reported were from Maharashtra. The other states that reported high fatalities in the last 24 hours include Uttarakhand, Karnataka, West Bengal and Tamil Nadu. Niti Aayog member Dr. V.K. Paul said today that despite the number of new cases of coronavirus and related deaths going down across the country in the last three weeks, the possibility of a second wave of infections during the winter season cannot be ruled out. A government-appointed scientific committee headed by Professor M. Vidya Sagar of IIT Hyderabad, on the other hand, said today that the COVID-19 pandemic seems to have peaked and is now on the decline. The committee added that COVID is likely to run its course by February next year. The committee claimed that the countrywide lockdown imposed in March has had a powerful impact on slowing down the spread of the disease. It added that in the absence of the lockdown, the death count would have gone up to 25 lakhs. A review meeting was chaired by the Prime Minister Narendra Modi on Saturday to discuss the COVID-19 pandemic situation, vaccine delivery, distribution and administration. In the meeting, the government said that two pan-India studies on the genome of the virus in India suggest that the virus is genetically stable and has shown no major mutations. The Prime Minister in the meeting called for speedy access to the vaccine for all members of the population. After the review meeting, the Prime Minister's office said in a statement that three vaccines are in the advanced stages of development in India, out of which two are in Phase 2 and one is in Phase 3. Home Minister Amit Shah, who had briefly disappeared from public life after contracting COVID-19, is back again. The minister, in an interview with News 18, talked about a range of issues, from the upcoming Bihar elections to the recent controversy regarding an advertisement by Tanishq. In the context of the India-China standoff, Amit Shah said, and I quote, We are conscious of every inch of our land and no one can snatch it from us. Our leadership and army are competent to give a befitting reply. No one can take India, a country of 130 crore people, for granted, and we have a lot of international support. I agree it looks like we have enemies on two sides, but it won't be an easy task. He added that the Prime Minister Modi was working day and night to solve the problem. Referring to the controversy that came in the aftermath of the Tanishq ad that depicted an interfaith marriage and baby shower, Amit Shah said that such small attacks on India's social harmony cannot break it. He said that the social fabric of the country was very strong and that it has withstood many attacks. He added, and I quote, I believe there should be no overactivism of any kind, unquote. Shah was also critical of a recent letter by Maharashtra Governor Bhagat Singh Koshyari in which he had mockingly asked Uddhav Thakre, the Chief Minister of Maharashtra, if he had become a secular since he had not allowed religious places to open in the state. Shah said, and I quote, I have read the letter and he has made a passing reference to secularism. But even I feel he could have chosen his words carefully, unquote. On the approaching Bihar elections, Shah re-emphasized BJP's stance that Nitish Kumar would be the chief minister if the NDA wins. 
He also added that the BJP had no role in the Lok Jan Shakti party going alone in the assembly polls and that BJP workers will work to help the coalition candidates win. Talking about the issue of the actor Sushant Singh Rajput's death and its impact on the Bihar elections, he said, and I quote, I don't know how big an issue it is on the ground. Even if it has become an issue, we are not the reason. If they, that is Maharashtra government, had given the case to CBI the first day itself, no issue would have been created. There was suspicion from the first day. The Supreme Court has sent the case to CBI. There should be no media trial. Unquote. Shah also talked about the Hatras gang rape incident and said that it had been politicized. The minister said, and I quote, A rape happens in Hatras and another happens in Rajasthan. But why does only the Hatras case become an issue? Is it fair to politicize an unfortunate incident? And the culprits were caught that very day. On being asked whether there was any mishandling of the case on part of the Uttar Pradesh government, Shah said, and I quote again, I believe that the government took the right decision by constituting a special investigation team and based on its report, appropriate action will be taken, unquote. When the forceful overnight cremation of the victim was brought up, he said that the matter is being investigated through a committee. Shah also added that the government and the BJP had no stand on the recently raked up issue of Krishna Janmabhumi in Mathura. On the new agriculture laws, Shah assured farmers that MSP will not be discontinued. He said, and I quote, Two myths being spread for political reasons are that mandis will be shut and that MSP will be removed. Neither is true. Can anyone show me where the bills talk about ending MSP? This is just an effort to mislead the farmers. Unquote. Moving on to some news from the Union Territory of Jammu and Kashmir where a new local level government is going to be set up. With most mainstream politicians being released from detention, the centre on Saturday amended the Jammu and Kashmir Panchayati Raj Act of 1989. It was amended to facilitate the setting up of district development councils, the members of which will be directly elected by voters of the Union Territory. Each of the districts will be divided into 14 territorial constituencies. Elections will be held in each of the 14 and the winners will elect a chairperson and a vice chairperson from amongst themselves. The district development councils will replace district development boards. Earlier, when Jammu and Kashmir was a state, these boards were chaired by a cabinet minister or a minister of state and included MPs, MLAs and MLCs. A senior official in Jammu and Kashmir told the Indian Express that this would empower the third tier of the government, that is, the local bodies. The official said that the move was aimed at deepening the political process at the local level. On the other hand, observers have said that this will essentially disempower the second tier of the government. They also said that assembly elections in the Union Territory may not happen anytime soon. While the National Conference's Omar Abdullah said that the party was still understanding the implications of the amendment, senior PDP leader Naeem Akhtar said that this would spell the end of politics in the region. David Devdas's recent article on News Laundry had made similar suggestions relating to the formation of local-level bodies in Jammu and Kashmir. In his piece, David had pointed out that panchayat polls are not enough. If grassroots empowerment is to be meaningful, it must go all the way to a three-tier structure with block-level and district bodies too. He wrote that members of local development councils ought to elect a chairperson from amongst themselves and not have a chair appointed by the government, as has been the practice. Do read the complete article titled Violence Rages, War Looms in Jammu and Kashmir and Ladakh. Is it a good time to hold panchayat polls? You'll find the article on our website newslaundry.com. 
Hyderabad faced heavy showers again last evening, leaving parts of the city flooded. This came just days after heavy rains had triggered flash floods in the city, which had claimed the lives of over 50 people and caused damage worth thousands of crores in the state of Telangana. Some areas in the city received more than 150 millimeters of rainfall throughout the day, just a little short of the 190 millimeters that was reported on Tuesday. The Balanagar Lake in the state capital spilled its boundaries last night, causing huge flash floods in the neighboring areas. Falaknuma Bridge in the city was also closed down to the public by the Hyderabad Traffic Police because a part of the road caved in due to the rains. Old Karnool Road towards the airport from PVNR Expressway was also flooded. Frightening visuals of the floods were seen on social media. In a video clip, an auto rickshaw and a car were seen being swept away as locals tried to stop the vehicle. Another dramatic visual from the outskirts of the city showed a car at a flooded street being pulled away. The director of vigilance and disaster management of Greater Hyderabad Municipal Corporation said in a tweet that the disaster response force personnel were continuously working in the field clearing water stagnation and inundation and all possible measures were being initiated in view of the rainfall. The president of the Delhi High Court Bar Association or DHCBA and others received threat calls soon after they passed a resolution condemning Andhra Pradesh Chief Minister Jagan Mohan Reddy's allegations against Justice NV Ramana, a Supreme Court judge. In a complaint to the Commissioner of Police on Saturday, the Bar Association said that members of its executive committee, including the Bar Council president, received threat calls. The DHCBA had said on October 14th that the writing of the letter by Reddy and its circulation in the public domain is a dishonest attempt at overawing the judiciary. It further added that the letter unfairly and without reason casts aspersions on the conduct of Justice Ramana and the other judges of the Andhra Pradesh High Court. Last week, Andhra Pradesh Chief Minister Jagan Mohan Reddy had written a complaint to the Chief Justice of India, S.A. Bobde. He had alleged in his letter that Justice Ramana had been influencing the sittings of the Andhra Pradesh High Court, including the roster of a few honourable judges. The letter also pointed out towards Justice Ramana's alleged proximity to the Telugu Desam Party leader and former Chief Minister of Andhra Pradesh, N. Chandrababu Naidu. And now for some international updates. Around the world, COVID-19 has infected more than 39.7 million people and killed at least 1.11 million. The United States has nearly 8.1 million confirmed cases, followed by India at 7.4 million cases and Brazil at 5.2 million cases. Europe, meanwhile, is emerging as the epicenter of the current wave. A third of all the new cases worldwide are being detected in Western European countries. Europe is recording more new cases than India, Brazil and the US combined. The UK government's scientific advisor, Sir Jeremy Farrer, has reiterated that the best way to reduce the transmission is to introduce a national-level circuit break lockdown. He said that while the government should have acted in September, it could still do so effectively right now. The Thomson Reuters Foundation reported that the pandemic has left millions vulnerable to exploitation, abuse and trafficking. Warning that the fallout from COVID-19 had driven the crime further underground, two United Nations specialists said that human traffickers are capitalizing on the pandemic to target people ranging from jobless migrants to out-of-school children. Siobhan Mulale, the recently appointed UN Special Rapporteur on Human Trafficking, said, and I quote, The difficulty is that trafficking is now even more underground and less visible. Unquote. The pandemic and the subsequent economic fallout has put poor children around the world at great risk. 
Do listen to the latest episode of Let's Talk About where I delved into the complexities of child trafficking in India. It is estimated that a child goes missing in our country every 8 minutes. These children are taken from their homes to be bought and sold in the black market. In many cases, children are coaxed into the hands of traffickers by promises of jobs or a better future, when in reality, upon arrival, they are immediately enslaved. Through a series of sobering interviews, I spoke to victims, experts, and journalists on the front lines to understand the many aspects of India's child trafficking crisis. Tune in to the podcast to gain insight into the issue. New Zealand Prime Minister Jacinda Ardern has won a landslide victory in the country's general election. With all the votes tallied, Ardern's centre-left Labour Party won 49.1%, bringing a projected 64 seats and a rare outright parliamentary majority. The opposition centre-right National Party won just 35 seats in the 120-seat assembly. The poll was originally to be held in September but was postponed by a month after a renewed COVID-19 outbreak. Ardern told her supporters after the victory and I quote, New Zealand has shown the Labour Party its greatest support in almost 50 years. We will not take your support for granted. And I can promise you that we will be a party that governs for every New Zealander. Unquote. No party has managed to win an outright majority in New Zealand since it introduced a voting system known as Mixed Member Proportional Representation in 1996. And now for some homegrown stuff from Newslaundry.com. Do listen to the latest episode of News Laundry Hafta where Abhinandan Sekri, Manisha Pandey, Raman Kirpal and Jayashree Arunachalam were joined by journalist Sudipto Mandal to discuss the news of the week. Here is a short clip from the episode. I think A on the uh, Bollywood producers going to court against Times and Republic. I think it's an excellent move and I think journalists should actually come out and support it and call out stuff like this because when Navika says this is an attack on free speech every journalist who respects the profession and who is passionate about the profession and cares about the profession should counter it and say no this has got nothing to do with free speech or even doing journalism it's got everything to do with tabloidization and slander republic times now have been doing it for a long time except their victims have been too weak to hit back they've called women at shaheen bag you know paid uh, women biryani khane aati hain worst kind of things said about women and children who sat there they've done it against umar khalid you know ran complete propaganda against them they did it in, with the hathras victim where arnab goswami actually on republic bharat said ki ye samuhik balatkar ki baat kahan se aayi ye to manohar kahani likh di kisi ne you know someone's died yeah but they've been doing it for too long and I, i'm happy that you know a powerful organization like bollywood can take them on before i sign off dear listeners just a random but a heartfelt shout out to each and every news laundry subscriber for your support it is what keeps us going for those of you who do not have a clue what i'm talking about Well, News Laundry is a reader-supported news and media critique platform that is 100% free of advertisements. The reason being, we, including our subscribers, believe that media cannot serve true public interest unless it is independent. News Laundry is solely answerable to its subscribers and not advertisers or sponsors who can influence news to serve their interests. Just last evening, we held a live chat session on our YouTube channel with all our editors on board. The feedback we get is a wholesome mix of appreciation, criticism and also many many suggestions. This kind of regular interaction helps us grow better and stay transparent. If you want to be a part of our family, hit that subscribe button on the top right corner of the website and see for yourself. That's all for today. Have a great day or a good night depending on where you're listening from. See you tomorrow. 
All the News Laundry podcasts are available on Stitcher, iTunes and any other podcast platform. Please subscribe to News Laundry. Help us keep news independent. To catch all our podcasts on news, pop culture, current affairs and sport, visit newslaundry.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram and subscribe to our YouTube channel.